The following content is not suitable for children. George, all week, people have been missing each other in bed. My clients have talked about how they really are not talking explicitly about what they want in bed. And to me, it's it's so frustrating to see them miss each other when they could be having good sex if only they had a little bit more language and could talk a little bit easier about it. So I want to talk with you about their problems and see if we can help them get a little more explicit to understand each other. Yeah, let's do that. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Hey, sign up for our couples retreat on October 1st. Great sex, great love. Just the two of you. More details at the end of this episode. I love it, Lori. Again, I think it's the mission of this podcast to help people see the importance of communication. That if you don't communicate, you're leaving both partners to their own assumptions, which is never a good thing, right? Our assumptions are usually going to go down a more dark road. So being able to communicate at least gives you a chance for that repair process. If you don't talk about it, you know, that that hole tends to get deeper. Right. And so I have, I mean, these are all examples, George, from one week of sex therapy. And there were more. I could have written down more things as I was dealing with my patients. But I thought I'd start with this first case. So before you start, Lori, just trying to set a context here, Lori, that, you know, all of us, have struggles communicating, right? And mm. and we're really using these examples to try to figure out how just learning how to confront it and talk about it can really change the outcome. Most of us grow up in families not talking about this stuff. So we get how hard this is for people listening. We don't want to make it sound easy. But we also have had so many thousands of success stories where couples learn how to do this and it changes the game for them. You're right. And I don't see any example anywhere in our culture of people talking about explicit sexual desires that they want in the bed. I mean, the movies make it sound like it's completely seamless, that it it's silent, and each one knows exactly what the other one wants them to do. You know, so that's not a place of learning. It's certainly not being shown in porn. And I mean, where would people learn this? We're We're hoping they learn it from us. But I think it is the most difficult conversation. You know, you're so afraid you're going to hurt your partner's feelings. It's awkward to talk about something so explicit. People don't talk about their bodies very easily. It's tough. I love that movie, Groundhog's Day, where they do the same day over and over again. I love that movie, too. And it's my husband's favorite movie as well. All right. I would love for them to do it around one of these sexual conversations, <laughs> right? Have it go bad, and then the next day they do it again. All right, what can we do differently the next day? All right, we do that little thing differently. It still goes bad, but it was a try. But like maybe the 10th time or the 20th time, the couple starts to, and then before you know it, they have a great sex, right? So how do yes. we show that progression? Yes, but let's call this Groundhog Day. Great title. All right. <laughs> Groundhog Day. We're going to help you do it better. Talk it better. All right. Okay. So first case, 
I have a patient, he's a couple, and he's male, and he has occasional erectile dysfunction, occasional ED. She's menopausal. And so I asked her, I was doing the best assessment, and I was talking about what happens early as they're getting going, pre-sex, pre-game. And she says, you know, I feel anxious. If he's not getting an erection, I'm basically watching for his erection. And I'm like, what's happening in your body? She said, I'm not in my body. I'm like, okay. And I said, what do you tell yourself if he doesn't get an erection? And she says, you know, I tell myself it's my fault and that he wishes he was with someone else. And he's thinking to himself, I'm not exciting. I'm like, ooh, wow. So she's watching his erection, interpreting it, right, with all this negative meaning about who she is. Her view of self is very negative. I'm not exciting. And then I said, well, what happens if he does get an erection? She goes, well, then I think we should have intercourse really fast because he could lose it. And I'm like, well, what about you? And she said, well, I'm nowhere near ready because, Mm. I mean, I'll do it, but it hurts usually, and but I'm not at all ready. And the further we talked, I said, well, rather than just doing it, what would you want him to do? And she says, well, I, I might wish that he would do something differently, like touch me or go down on me or something, but I don't want to bring it up because then he talks about it afterwards. I'm like, what do you mean he talks about it afterwards? And she said, well, he... He'll playfully bring it up like at breakfast, and I hate that. I'm like, what, why do you hate that? And she says, I, I just feel embarrassed that I was that explicit. Mm. And they never, ever, George, have talked about this interaction between them out loud before. They've never articulated it. And these people have been married for over 40 years. Wow. I never so talked common. about it. And it's so common. Yes. Broke my heart. I'm like, ooh, because they really love each other. They they could be having enjoyable sex, and this is what's happening to them all the time. Right. I remember this cartoon picture. You know, the wife was looking at her husband, and he seemed like he was upset, and she thought, all right, what did I do wrong? She was going to a bad place. And then you go inside the caption in his mind, and it's like, oh, it's raining out. I won't be able to drive my motorcycle, right? It had nothing to do with her, but this is, <laughs> this, this is the places of assumptions where we go, mm-hmm. right? When we can't communicate. And mm-hmm. who knows what assumptions going on inside of his head, but it's never a great mathematical place where both people are going to negative assumptions and there's no words to bridge that distance. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, like you said, this self-fulfilling loop where the more we don't talk about it, the harder it is to talk about next time. That's right. So what, what would we have them say instead? I don't know what you have them say. <laughs> so first of all, this was a beautiful conversation. You yes. know, he was very reassuring. He's like, no, no, I, I love your body. I love looking at you. You're exciting to me. But I think He also didn't know that the teasing over the breakfast table inhibited her from being explicit in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I would so love you to be explicit. I will completely forget the morning debrief. I won't do that anymore. So I asked her to ask him what she wanted. And that was when she was saying, you know what? I really need more touch. I really want him to go down on me. And that would feel good. And he was like, I'm all about it. That's fine. And if I don't get an erection, that's fine too. At least you had an orgasm. It Mm. actually takes the pressure off me to know that I can please you, make you happy, and make you want to do it more often. That's fine. Don't 
I mean, I know I'm having ED, and frankly, I would like you to touch me more. I I can't levitate like I used to, you know, just by being naked. So they started to talk about what they needed. I love that. I mean, there's such vulnerability in that. Uh, Her fears that she's not attractive, his that it's not going to work. I mean, there's such tender vulnerability there mm -hmm. that when you do have these conversations, you get to reassure and comfort each other in places you so desperately needed. And the avoidance just kills that opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. So just to summarize the main takeaways of that example, that you got both of them to head towards the conversation to find their words. And that's that critical moment where it feels like, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't like all of these blocks that just stop the sharing. But I think if we recognize in not sharing, the costs are actually so much worse. And that's why when people listen to this podcast, it's just to kind of encourage their ability to risk to just try to speak these words out loud. Because again, that's the hardest step. But once you do it, everything else can fall into place. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. Should I give another example? Yes. Okay. So this was another couple and they were talking about a miss that they had had that week. She said, you know, basically our pattern has become more quickies. And she's like, I really like quickies. I really do. I want him to know that. But, you know, it seems like we're, our pattern is dominantly that. And, and I'm not getting enough for myself to have orgasms. And I said, well, could you describe to me what happened? And she says, like, you know, last night we, we started making love and then we ended up having a quickie. He's like, I went down on you. I wanted to, you know, make you climax. Like you pulled me up. I thought that meant you wanted a quickie. Mm. And she's like, no. It meant I wasn't ready for oral sex, but she didn't say that. He didn't hear that. He had heard the message that she liked quickies mm -hmm. and he was glad for that. And that did mean more sex for them, but he had no idea. And, and I said, you know, did you let him know what you needed instead? And she's like, he knows what I need. <laughs> <laughs> Famous lines. I'm like, but did you let him know what you needed right then? And she's like, you know, he, I need him to touch me. And I'm like, did you say that? She's like, no, because he knows. And if he, you know, if he's not doing that, then he doesn't want to do it. That's what she tells herself. And I I'm like, it. wow, that's, you know, it's a switch. He obviously wants to give you pleasure. He's giving you oral sex. You, you're just not ready for that. You're not stimulated enough. It doesn't feel good enough. You know, oral sex early for a, a woman sometimes isn't enough to get her going. It's not that she doesn't like it. It just doesn't move her up the mountain because it's too gentle. And it was like they hadn't had this conversation. And sometimes the problem is in this couple is sometimes that actually works. But sometimes she's kind of more mentally aroused. Mm -hmm. They've had something to drink. They've gone out to dinner, whatever. So she is more ready for oral sex. So it's very confusing for him. I love this specificity of the example of the moment she pulls him up. Both of them are making assumptions that lead them to get further away from each other. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's come back from break and talk about, again, how do we bridge those faulty assumptions? Mother's Day is just around the corner and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. 
And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. So you know we've told you about OhMyGodYes.com as a great place to learn about female pleasure, but they also do research and you will learn from the sexual discoveries of over 2,000 women ages 18 to 95. And these findings are the largest ever peer-reviewed published research into women's pleasure. You'll explore and find new techniques to feel good. It's for yourself, women. It's for your partners and couples together. You only pay once for lifetime access. It's not a subscription site, which is great. It takes just 10 minutes to learn each technique. And through simple, tasteful, and crystal clear demonstrations and graphics, you'll be able to find the benefits of this research tonight and forever. Foreplay listeners, save 10% at omgs.com slash foreplay. Laurie, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. If you want to up your game, you want to see real clinical examples, you want to break down the process, you want demonstrations, you want teaching. I mean, it's all there. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I listen to the new modules repeatedly. It's great information. I'm learning, you know, still in the process and it is good. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny and they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word, successinvulnerability.com. So I love, Lori, what you did with capturing the details right you got that moment mm-hmm. she pulls him up he thinks all right she's ready to go she wants a quickie right this is working well mm-hmm. she's feeling exactly the opposite i wasn't ready for this i need more time i need to go slower they're speaking totally different languages right and if they can't say that or talk about that then how can they get on the same page sexually exactly Right. So what a beautiful job you did in just helping her see the value in letting him know what pulling him up means. He's not a mind reader. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I think the reality was, is he was ready to do whatever she wanted. He wasn't thinking he necessarily wanted a quickie. In fact, he was initiating in a way that he thought would work for both of them, you know, a longy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the new part. She has to be able to give more direct signals, but he has to be open to those signals, right? 
if he hears it as this is good information oh great she actually wants this i could shift in that direction and i think a lot of partners in this situation would actually want that yes right but if he gets critical of that if he gets his feelings hurt then that's usually what tells the other person don't don't give feedback it's, it's not helpful right and the flip side i'm gonna pull a g on this is he could have also said you know hey you know i i'm really loving doing that are you not ready for it or do you want something else i mean he could have asked mm-hmm. as much as she could have said this is what i am needing he could have just thought, oh, this is interesting because I really know my wife likes orgasms. So what's going on here? You know? So um, good. So good. Both people have an opportunity to communicate. It's just not the one partner, right? It, we're constantly looking for feedback. Do you like this? Do you not like this? Do you need it faster? You need it slower. You want this different. Both people have an opportunity. So when there's avoidance, that means both people are avoiding. Exactly. And then they make up in their heads things about what the other one is thinking. Yep. And and they're not letting it out of their brain out loud so that they can basically get better at sex. Or make it more enjoyable and more engaging. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking everything's going amazing and they're doing fantastic. <laughs> you know, if you're going to stay in a place of uh, assumptions, I'd recommend that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So another one. So he climaxes and then the sex act is over. And he doesn't tend to ask, you know, if she wants an orgasm and she never tells him she wants an orgasm when he's done. She, you know, she sees kind of, okay, he's tired now. He's relaxed. He's going to sleep. And what she tells himself is, again, you know, he doesn't care enough about me to bring me to orgasm. And he does, it's not important to him. And what he's thinking is, you know, I didn't know. I asked him, you know, how do you feel about touching her? He's like, I'd be good with that. Uh, I said, how do you feel about giving her oral, oral sex? And he said, I wouldn't be as good with that. He was anxious and squeamish about tasting his own semen. That like flipped him out. And oral sex is kind of the way she gets there. And, you know, but saying that explicitly, you know, I mean, maybe he could work that through, but she didn't know that. Yeah. And he had never said it out loud. He had never kind of confronted himself about, okay, my my options after I climax are more limited to get her there. I don't really know what I should do. I know how to get her there beforehand. But because of my own sense and squeamishness, squeamishness about that, I... I don't want to do that one. And, you know, to me, there's 1,600 ways to climax. So, you know, I said, well, what about an, a vibrator? What about sitting behind her and touching her? You know, what about all these things? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do all those things. I just, I guess I just yeah, yeah. assumed it was over. Couples can problem solve if they have the communication. Mm-hmm. Right. If they don't say anything, there's no solution. And again, that's what I want to highlight in avoidance. If we avoid sharing the signal, we avoid the solution to the signal. And I think that's what most people don't recognize. They're just trying not to feel bad. They're trying not to hurt their partner. We have good reasons to say nothing, but we don't recognize the cost of the silence. And again, if people listen and hear that, hopefully it pushes over the edge. Like, say something. You you can do something with that. Right. So again, another great example of how this, this, this lady, of course she wants to have an orgasm too. And to be able to share that gives both of them a, a, a chance to, to come up with these new moves. 
And it's really important, as she shares, that he takes it. He sees the opportunity in it, right? If he gets all criti- feels criticized and shuts down and gets angry at her, then it's just going to reinforce why she don't want to talk about it. And I think that shutting down and feeling angry is like, oh, my God, how many times have I failed her then? Yeah. Because I'm looking back at our pattern of this, that after I orgasm, I don't stimulate her in any way. So it's like that is crushing right. to kind of think about. It's like, you mean all those times you've wanted an orgasm? I haven't given you one. And oh, my God, you know, we're, we're looking at years here of a pattern. And, and that's hard to confront and face inside himself. It is, but it's the same opportunity. If he can confront it and deal with it, it's a doorway into his being, mm-hmm. right? That he feels like a failure, that she could reassure and comfort him, right? If he avoids it because he don't like how it feels, then, you know, he's going to still have those feelings. They're just going to be influencing what he's doing. He's just going to be distant from them and cut off from them. Mm-hmm. Right. So I love, again, these examples are rich because they're in moments you can see these choice points. When she shares, he has a choice. It's going to bring up something in him. Is he going to avoid too and go to his own assumptions? Or is he going to be able to let her into that process? Right? It's the same process for both. Are they going to risk and are they going to respond to each other's risks? Or are they going to take the easy way out and avoid, which creates so much distance? Okay, I want you to be that man. And what would you say to her as you confront, this has been a pattern for years. I want you to say it well, like yeah, the, the right no way. Pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I don't pressure. know, but some, like, wow, I'm so glad that you're saying something. I had no idea. I just thought, you know, you got what you needed out of this too. It brings up a lot of like, I, I'm just thinking about how many hundreds of times we've done this where you've been disappointed and, and, and couldn't really talk about it. So it makes me feel bad. It makes me feel like I've let you down. It's like, it almost makes me question like a whole relationship sexually. So I feel like this big shadow looming over me and I'm not sure what the heck to do with that. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. I, I think obviously I have responsibility in this to have not talked to you about it before now. And that that pattern, you know, I really want it to shift. I've been longing for it to shift for so, you know, thinking, thinking about it. And I haven't said anything either. Um, so I, I want to be with you in this. You know, you're not alone. I, I didn't communicate it. I really want it to be different going forward. And I, I feel in you, like, I guess a sense of empathy. I, I appreciate that. Because I, I mean, yeah, this is some of why I don't want to have sex sometimes. It's just... It's not that great for me, but I love you, and I I want to work on this with you. Yeah, I appreciate that, and again, I'm sorry I didn't pick up signals, and you know I just made some assumptions that weren't accurate, and and I'm just glad you're speaking up because I think we we can we need to do things differently. Nice, yeah. I mean, I think that's the beginning of that conversation for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not so scared of these emotional signals, right? These negative emotions are really just communicating what we need. And if we tune them out, we tune out the solution to what we need. At some level, there's always been a part of me that has known I've been failing and coming up short. Mm. I just haven't put words to it. It's Mm. been there. 
and I haven't been able to ever get help with it because I haven't been able to face it myself. So by, by you having the courage to stand up allows me to feel that sense of failure. We all have places of insecurity. There's no big deal about them. It's really what are we going to do with them? And I think that's the critical decision. Mm-hmm. Yep, I appreciate that. Thank you. Am I still being the role play? <laughs> Are you still I'm, being the role play? <laughs> no. No. We go in and out of role plays here. Okay. So I have one last one. This is a guy who he says he wants crazy sex. And he's afraid to tell her what that means because he says, you know, I, I'm sure she'll think I'm a pervert. And so instead of telling her some of what this means to him, he just at some point kind of has this angry outburst and he there's this onslaught of all the things he feels he's been denied of. And then in reaction to his onslaught and his huge anger, he just withdraws in shame and he tells her, you'd probably be better off without me. So it's this, you know, kind of sexual pursuer mm-hmm. who has these ideas that were crazy. He said he, he wanted anal. He wanted to yeah. see her in a G. You don't want me to read these? No, that's fine. Oh, he wanted anal. He wanted her in a G-string. He wanted to watch porn together. And he kind of wanted to fantasize with her. He didn't actually want this, but he wanted to fantasize her with her about a third party with them. Right. And I think he felt, you know, he was telling himself all kinds of things about yeah. this. And then, you know, it's sort of the the terrible shame he feels at both having repressed it and then bombing her with it. He knows that's not good. He's afraid that his bomb is going to get him just what he thought, which is you're a pervert. Tough. Right. But again, we see that not sharing leads to some assumptions, right, that we can't correct. So when he doesn't share fantasies in this case, right, he assumes she's not interested. He assumes he's a pervert. I mean, there's all these places that he goes to in not being able to kind of communicate with her. Exactly. And I think that that the bomb that he talked about is so much material that no couple can really unpack it very well. You know, they do need close processing, right? Where they talk about, okay, let's have them talk about anal sex. Let's have them talk about what she feels about in a G-string. You know, all of those things could have been talked about one at a time, especially, you know, he brings it up angrily because he thinks yeah. she she won't want it rather than bringing up it as an idea or with in any kind of sexy way. Sure. Yeah. And he's rejected himself when he doesn't bring it up, right? He don't want to get rejected. He tries to protect himself by not bringing it up and then it accumulates. So when it finally does come out, it comes out angrily and she don't have a chance to she don't hear it as an invitation. She hears no. it as an accusation. Right, exactly. And then, boom, this game is over. Exactly. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, again, all these couples, I love the examples, Laurie. That's a tough week, right? But all the, you see the common theme in all of these examples of somebody not being able to talk for good reasons, and yet the avoidance leads to assumptions, and those negative assumptions really create problems. That if, if either partner sees the opportunity for a new move to talk about it and the other partner gives success for that new move, wow, all of these big problems become a doorway into deeper connection. Exactly. And we hope we're giving you some language for how to do it, how to talk about it. We, we think this is so important. We really think this is key 
to helping you in bed in the moment is just trying out to, to say what you really feel on the inside. Especially, I love the word that you used just now, George, the invitation rather than the criticism. Bringing up in, in bed what you're not getting is different than saying, bringing up in bed what you want. Exactly. And asking for what you want is the way to do it. Nice. Thanks for listening. Confront those assumptions. And keep it hot. Yeah. Our couples retreat is coming up and we'd love to invite all of you. It's going to be on October 1st, which is a Friday and from 10 to 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. We're offering an early bird discount for the first 20 people who fully pay and sign up. And you know, we're going to do all kinds of cool stuff. We talk about male and female arousal and how to get to the best sex and what the sexual attachment cycle is all about and how to resolve problems and I just want you to know that all the exercises are private, so you're only going to be doing it with your partner. You can ask questions and talk in the group, but it's not necessary. So we welcome participation, but it's never going to be demanded of you. And I, I just thought, George, I would read something that people who have gone through this have said to us. Cool. Here's a little bragging. Lori and George are a great team. They invite couples to have conversations about sex and connection in a comfortable and trusting way. The information shared and the activities planned are purposeful and supportive and the day flows nicely. The hosts are professional. Couples will leave thinking about their partners and their own styles and desires more deeply. It's nice to carve out time for this important work and worth the effort. Thank you for this offering. Very, very cool, Lori. I mean, that's that's our promise that if you devote some space intentionally to talk about topics most of us don't get help talking about, you're going to leave the day in better shape than you came in. I think that's a great investment of time. We'd love to have you sign up. It's on our website, foreplayradiosextherapy.com, and it's under the resource section. And help spread the word. If you can't make it, refer a friend or a family member. We could all use the help. Call in your questions to the Foreplay Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by Foreplay Media.